Hello and welcome to Starting Cast. This time I'll be talking about the fabulous podcast, The Bugle. It is a satirical news podcast. It was originally started by Andy Zaltzman and John Oliver. Andy Zaltzman is the sibling of Helen Zaltzman from Answer Me This. He does have an incredible wit and intelligence, but is mad about sports, specifically cricket. One incredible thing is he manages to make cricket funny if you have no idea how cricket works. I think cricket's a bit like you hit the thing, which is good, and you try not to get your stubs hit. If your stubs get hit, bad. But if you hit the ball, good. And then you run back and forth. So it's like a a 2D version of rounders, as Americans call it, baseball. That's the gist of cricket. But it can go on for a long time. I think the point is, unlike in soccer, where you can get a toe poke in a 1-0 game and technically win, you might be much worse. But if you just defend, defend, defend and get lucky, you can flick through. While with test cricket, it's it's so long that it, it cuts out any flukes. Cameron home, who's better? To him, that's the greatest thing in the world, but I cannot get my head around cricket. But he is very self-aware that people don't like cricket. Not that people don't like cricket, it's a very popular sport. He's very aware that a lot of people just do not get cricket. That's Cricket Harry was started in 2007. Andy Zaltzman was very quick off the mark. 2007 is... It's weird how at the time it felt almost podcasts had peaked. It was like, oh, here's podcasts, they're about. And it was like, oh, here's a funny wee novelty. This will probably be its height. But they've just kept on going. As the saying goes, I'll need to look up who said it. She said, podcasts or radio, no one can stop you making. Within boundaries. I am proving that with this (laughs) apparent excuse for a podcast. But there is one criticism I have, and it's right at, it's the intro. It is called Tied to Empire, because it's a rooster crowing really loudly, and it's this. not from the podcast you know we're both getting it from the same source i would like to i don't know what the legalities are i think because i'm reviewing a podcast i'm not really reviewing it i like it there a review i think if you're reviewing something you can have it in it would be really nice to let people hear what the podcast is like because it's just so much easier to understand what's going on once we've both witnessed listen to the same thing when it's just me talking about it it, it's only good if you already know it i doubt anyone will listen to this and then listen to the podcast it feels like they might only listen to ones that they already know it don't feel it's advertising it well but that using a little bit of a podcast will just give it that oomph give it that wee lift so yes the intro it's like i don't know if you're not if you're feeling a bit down and it's you have a rooster crowing really loud and this like concophony of sound just hitting you and you're like ah melded into my mind in a weird way 
but he's always used it, so he's not going to change it. John Oliver has gone on to be a huge success in America. He has his own talk show. It's one of, is it? No, it's not a talk show. Very similar to The Bugle. It is a satirical news comedy show, some investigative journalism, similar to Private Eye in some ways. So he's a huge name now, just as a wee sidebar. He's someone that, looking back at what I'd call maybe the golden age of Mock the Week, he never really was able to put his power down. Just some comics, it's not quite their thing. Maybe I'm being hard on him, but he just, Mock the Week, he looks fine. He never really, he didn't stand out in Mock the Week when I seen him originally. But now he's obviously just that panel shows don't suit anyone. Someone like Lee Mack, who is a, a sprinter, if I'll use a running analogy. Some are more marathon runners. Some might be ultra marathon people. Like Stuart Lee has been on panel shows and it didn't really work. Stuart is not, he's not a sprinter. He can be a sprinter if he wants to be, but he's not a sprinter. While obviously he's a marathon runner, a lot of... <laughs> This might sound bad. Um, sometimes I've seen him where it wasn't until halfway through the thing where he starts referencing what he spoke at the start, where it starts to become funny. So a bit of an ultra marathon runner for the jokes to be funny. You have to sort of do a second loop before they're humorous. But it shows that just some people are comedy's difficult and it's hard to find your niche. I'm not saying I'm particularly good, but I cut out a lot there's a lot of so's, m's, and ands. Sometimes I just have them in a sentence where there's no need for them. Her last week with John Oliver, he's incredible. But it shows just what a talent these two are, because Zoltzman, he could be doing stuff like that, I feel. John Oliver and Andy Zoltzman are two Englishmen from England in England. John Oliver is from Liverpool. Andy Zaltzman went to school in Kent. They are both comedians, satirists, that sort of thing, as well as authors and presenters. Andy Zaltzman's done a lot of... He's been on the news quiz on Radio 4 a lot. Recently, they've had to record it at home. Zaltzman has been preparing for 10 years being a podcaster. He might have a, he probably does have a big fancy studio, but I'm sure he knows how to do it from home, like most podcasters. So that's a nice advantage podcasters are having at the moment. They've had, you know, their head around this and are able to work from home quite easily. For instance, I was listening to, this isn't podcasting, it's a, a YouTube thing, but I was listening to Radio 4's podcast hour, and they had said that Mr. Motivator, who is a exercise presenter has started a YouTube channel just because he was a gentleman of an older age he's in his 60s just knew hadn't really crossed his radar but now it has it's one advantage podcasters have had Zaltzman's doing well out of it yes Andy Zaltzman does love a pun but he does it in <laughs> he does it in such a way where he's barraging you with puns it's not just you know when one person does a pun and then they're like they almost have this oh it's a dad joke basically i don't know where dad jokes came from because mums can tell naff jokes as well it's a very sexist statement it's sort of saying only mums can only give 
top quality jokes and dads give naff ones, but you know, they just sort of go, oh, it was a dad joke, oh, it's a pun, but Zoltzman really, here's a pun, there's a pun, there's a pun, there's a reference to the first pun, which has now made a triple layered pun. They're historically accurate puns. He really shows off his knowledge there. How I would do it is, I would just look up any random historical thing and see what puns I could get out of it, because then it makes you look smart. You know, the knowledge wasn't pre-installed. It was just, oh, we'll just go through this, but he is just a colossus. He makes the podcast feel so effortless. He knocks right through it. In 2011, they were removed from, well, the, the contract ended. The contract was terminated. Who knows what happened, but they were no longer on Murdoch's Times podcast anymore. It said not to do with the phone hacking, but they are, they were making a lot of jokes about it. And, you know, they didn't care that they were on Murdoch. They're going to go after you. Like, they will be neutral in their criticism of everyone. And I guess they would feel it'd be hard not to address the elephant in the room. I wonder how many puns he's done on elephant in the room. I'm sure he's done a lot. Well, quite often it'll be, you know, a, a different sort of animal or a, some story involving elephant in the room. But I feel like it's probably one he's done a lot. It was originally part of the Times Online. I think a lot of Murdoch's things have struggled to really understand the online world. And this seems to be something that they did get on well with. The two newspapers that are doing well at the moment are The Daily Mail and Private Eye. And the private eye don't really... They're aware of the internet, but they're still sceptical. Murdoch, never really got great with it. It would appear that in 2011, they may have got fired for their talk of the phone hacking scandal. Phone hacking, in short, it wasn't really hacking, it was an exploit. Back then, phones could only hold 10 messages. You were able to get... You could phone in, say it was, I don't know, say a work mobile. You might be able to phone from a different phone and listen to your messages if you had multiple mobiles. Or maybe you just wanted to hear your mobile phone. Signal wasn't great, so one reason might be is you use your house phone to hear what messages you have on your mobile because at your house you might have bad signal. You were able to listen to your voice messages, but there was a wee exploit that meant anyone could listen to your voice messages. So this was an exploit that journalists had been using for an incredibly long time to get personal information on anyone. A lot of the most high profile ones would have been celebrities. But this all came to a head when they used this same technique on a child had was missing at this point. This uh, teenager had sadly been murdered it wasn't, the family didn't know what had happened yet. One trick of this exploitation is once it had got 10 messages, if you were a journalist, you would want more messages to get into that phone. More messages, more scandal and gossip. So what you'd do is just delete the old messages so then more people could leave a message and then you could write a better story. That's how they work. This is a technique that probably done hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times. It was bread and butter. 
This is how you get journalism. You read their messages and if it's full, you delete them. But what happened in this instance is, sadly, teenager had been killed at this point. The family didn't know and were waiting. The police legally had access to her messages as part of the missing persons investigation. So when they found out that messages were being deleted, that made them believe that she was still alive because she had used her phone, seen her messages were full, deleted them, and then obviously told the family, which gave them false hope. They thought their, their child was still alive when sadly they weren't. This was the straw that broke the camel's back on what was dubbed the phone hacking scandal. When they left the Times, they moved to Radiotopia, and I don't know why they're not with Radiotopia anymore. They left recently, basically at the end you just hear a wee Radiotopia thing at the end. As of the end of 2019, that is no longer the case. I think he's relying solely on Patreon, that sort of thing, people donating them money which I'm not going to say no to. I would say, could I have some money, please? That would be lovely. It's not too shabby. This is something that <laughs> Richard Herring always made me uh, aware of this. So apparently as of 2015, they had half a million downloads monthly. But Richard Herring says, I download loads of things and I never listen to it. Always take downloads with a pinch of salt. I was unable to get any more up-to-date numbers, but he seems to be getting by. As I say, he is a stand-up comedian. He's quite popular in Australia. You'll see him on Australian television quite a lot and they cheer, so it feels like they do recognize him. You're probably wondering why I quite like this bald ginger man. I'm bald and ginger, by the way, in case you didn't notice. Well, I don't have a picture up yet. Bald and ginger, two of the most unpopular hairstyles combined. We really, we really got the, got the looks there. But he's gone for what I call the Bill Bailey. Now, there should be a flow diagram. And the question should be, are you Bill Bailey? For those of you who don't know, Bill Bailey has long hair and is bald. And if the answer is yes, then you can have long hair and male pattern baldness. But if you're not Bill Bailey, then you can't, you're not allowed that. Andy Zaltzman clearly hasn't listened to this, hasn't seen this very important public service flowchart, for he does have long hair. This will sound horrible, <laughs> it'll sound very rude, but I feel he's like the definition of a face for the radio. When you hear him, he's so confident and you almost feel like he's a threatening man. You'd be scared of him, you think he might fight you. But then when you see him, you sort of go, he wouldn't fight me. After extensive research, i.e. flicking through all the episodes I could see on my podcast app, each episode is roughly 40 minutes. Obviously, most podcasts don't have an exact time because, you know, they don't have the same constraints a radio program has. But on the whole, they're about 40 minutes. Some might go up to 50, some maybe a bit below. Yeah, here's one here that's 19 minutes and 44 seconds. Google the worst bits of 2013, but 40 minutes on the whole. They have a wide range of guests. Ever since I've been listening to it, the John Oliver has been Alice Fraser. 
She has appeared on over 60 episodes so far and I would say is the true co-host currently. Alice Fraser was born in Sydney, Australia. Another popular guest is Hurricane Burlu, an American stand-up comic, filmmaker, actor, and as we all know, podcast host. Another successful comedian, Nish Kumar, who has his own talk show, similar to John Oliver's show, um, The Mash Report. The UK feel like don't have enough talk showy host things like America does, so that's the closest they have to... It's not a talk show. There's Graham Norton is on the BBC. But you know what I mean? They talk at the, the, the screen and complain about the news. New satirical shows on the TV, because they have them on the radio. But that's the UK's closest to the American stuff, like The Tonight Show and the other ones. You know, the one and... Yeah, hmm. But as well as a peppering of... One of my personal favourites is Adavat Pal, a Indian comedian from Mumbai, is one I particularly like. Just because it's nice to hear about people from other countries talking about their country in a very flippant, humorous manner. Because if it was me constantly talking about India, you'd sort of think, what does he know about India? But when he goes on about it, because he's Indian, he fully understands the situation. It reminds me of an idea I had, which I'm going to give away for free. Well, give me all the give me all the money associated with it. I am the creator. I am the Gene Roddenberry of this. So everyone else does the writing, and I'll just criticize it and cash my check. I I like the idea. It's like Mock the Week, but it's called Mock the Empire, and it's always just people from ex-British colonies, and they kind of just it's just. It's a nice theme, you can always have Americans on and then criticise that they broke away. That could be a running joke. He was talking about corruption in India. It's just fascinating to hear about the toilet scandal where a lot of... There aren't enough toilets in India. People do a lot of defecating outside. So there was a big campaign, billions were involved to get everybody a toilet and get more people using toilets. But the official involved basically took the money. They bought the toilets, which I, this is what I understand. They went to the trouble of, maybe the toilets were given to them and they were supposed to put them in. So they just dumped two million toilets in the jungle. And he's just saying that when there's corruption in other countries, he sort of, ha ha ha, you call that corruption. I just love hearing, the Bugle does tend to have a lot of people from, from around the world. Obviously, you're gonna have the rich white English-speaking countries are going to be dominant, but not absolute, not absolute. For instance, there's been people from America, New Zealand, Ireland, England, India, Australia, and I think that's it. It's not the biggest list, but it's bigger than most lists. Like this show only has me from one place. I love having a news show because sometimes you feel like, oh, I've missed out on the week's news. And it's great just to have a lovely little update of what's going on, what I've missed, fully formed thoughts and stuff I've only had little fragments of. Because if you've listened to this podcast, you'll realize it's just a big bunch of fragments glued together. It's not a solid, cohesive production. And that's what The Bugle is. Very funny, incredible wit. And I always look forward to it, except for the intro, because it's very loud. 
Ah, oh, it does does me down that intro. I get a full update of the news with a interesting slant and from people I may not have heard otherwise. And who doesn't want to be overwhelmed with cricket puns? Andy Zaltzman. Andy Zaltzman reminds me a lot of Bill Maher in the sense that he's able to throw out an episode with such ease. Obviously, if you cross Maher's attitude with John Oliver, you're very close, but he is still his own unique beast. An episode that I quite enjoy, I would recommend, apart from the most recent one, because being a news podcast, it's best to listen to a news podcast as quickly as possible, because otherwise it's outdated, and you think, oh, that's last week's news, I'll, not, I'll listen to that, and then you never listen to it, let's be honest. But episode 4034, as in season 4, episode 34, Jungles and Prison is a particular favourite. It is one from Avid Pal I've referenced earlier about the massive corruption in India. A lovely little podcast to start you into, get your head around it and hear that lovely intro. So in a nutshell, blisteringly quick and intelligent satirical look at news weekly with a lot of cricket and other sporting things thrown in and comedians from around the world. You might get John Oliver on an episode and you'll also hear the brilliant Alice Fraser is essentially the co-host now but she always seems a little bit <laughs> shocked by him almost when someone's dad's being obnoxious in public and she's like the daughter oh please don't mind him please dad stop talking about cricket that sort of relationship's going on it's also good as a section called straight in the bin where he mostly lies and makes up jokes and talks about this day in history. That's going straight in the bin. It may be hard to make out, but I have tried this episode to do a bit more research. Um, start. I want to try and make it a nine to five. I know a lot of people do stuff like this to get away from a nine to five, but one issue with working from home is quite often people work more than they should. Almost feel guilty, or it's possibly the, the lack of separation. At work, you see other people leaving, so you, you know, if you are staying on late, you're like, oh, I'm staying on late. But if you're at home, the environment doesn't really change. So quite often people work much more than they should it's hard to find the balance because for instance checking emails you might only check emails when you're at work even though you could at home but now you know there's no separation every time you look at your phone you think oh, i'll just check the emails and then i'll reply to this email and then do that other one so you're working from home i feel the germans have the best balance where when you're at work, you work hard. When you're free, free from work. Once you've finished work, it's all your personal time. Apparently a lot of offices, jobs, they're not allowed to email you or expect you to do anything like that out of hours. So I think they have the uh, probably one of the best work-life balances. While working from home can make it muddy, 
It's a bit like watching stuff in your bed or in your bedroom. If you keep your bedroom just for sleeping, then as soon as you get into it, you feel tired because there's that association. But if you're in your bed watching YouTube videos and the like, it confuses you and it's harder to get into routines and sleep. And I feel working from home can be similar. I'm trying to kind of just go nine to five, try and get it done in that time. Also realizing I'm trying to do more research. I was sad at how I um, analyzed Deck Chair and Yums last week. I think it was, it might be my worst episode. Not that you probably won't notice of much difference, but I did, um, well, it was easier for the Bugle because he has like a Wikipedia page. There's more episodes, things like that. You know, there's other stuff you can read about and articles. I ended up mostly just talking about other comedians that were on the podcast and he's, he's had a smogus board, so that filled it up. Not that I just want to fill it up, but you know what I mean. Hopefully this one should come off better. I was also listening to Radio 4's, is it Podcast Hour? To try and get my head around reviewing. Annoyingly, uh, they were doing a short podcast. So they were, instead of doing a long look at it, they were, this is this podcast, they do this, I like that. Next podcast, they weren't hanging about. I would like to know, I, I might be able to get the Bugle sound. It's something I've been worried about. I would love to be able to put in sound effects, not snippets from the podcast I'm talking about. I didn't know whether I need permission, but the problem is if the podcasts are of any are big enough, they're just not going to reply. They're not going to be busy enough or they're going to be too busy to reply to me. So I might just be waiting for it and then I can't get, make an episode because I'm waiting to get feedback. I think I can if I'm reviewing it. I'm not really reviewing it. I'm just talking about it, but usually they're ones I like, so I give it a C out of 10, what I have to say at the end legally. Their intro is something that really, oh, grates me. I hope, because it, it might be in public domain, I'm just going to nab it and pop it in and then get a open, or not an open source, public domain rooster effect. Pop it in and hopefully it'll sound good. It'll sound right. What else? As I say, I was just, I was down with that third episode. So hopefully that will, um, hopefully this is somehow better. I'm getting better editing, although I still, I refuse to um, look at editing, not out of snobbery. I just thought I would improve the editing once the lesson says, oh, this is how you edit on Audacity. But I worry I may have got the wrong course. It seems to be like for company, if you're making a podcast, this is one of many media things that you do. It would make sense to do a podcast and do this, that, and the other. So I think that's why they're um, emphasizing you don't want to be making this podcast as a, a waste of time because it's a waste if you have employees on the clock. You don't want to be wasting money making a podcast. You want it to pay for itself. But since I'm a, a hobbyist, I may have been too hard on myself last week. Hopefully, I will try and work at it more. Give it a nine to five theme. I'm running over. I'm going to be over the nine to five. I probably won't have this done till six, but I didn't really start till 11. It's getting there, getting there. Because quite often I would start at six at well, six in the afternoon. So what, 18 o'clock? And then I'm lucky to get it out before midnight. You might think, God, he just talks and then posts it. Sadly, that isn't true. 
there is editing involved that takes me a while i'm sure a proper editor would do it in no time that's another thing i'd love to get an editor at some point because i've heard that when you create something you have it's not a vested interest you see it in a very different way so something that maybe was very hard to do it took a lot of work you may put it in when it's not good equally something flippant you did quickly you are likely to then oh i didn't spend much time on it it's no good but the editor can just see it cold and see the reality of the situation and they're able to go that bit wasn't good i don't care how much it cost or how much time you put in it it wasn't very good this wee flippant thing it was good they have a a sober mind at it well you have too much in it it's like a piece of art there's a good saying all art is never finished it is just abandoned so when you look at a piece of art you can see oh i didn't do that bit right and oh yeah do you remember i messed up the colors but i was on a time restraint so that wee corner is bad but when someone sees that that didn't make it it looks it might look great and they see it in a completely different light so that's what an editor brings they bring a fresh pair of eyes and can look at it much more subjectively which is the way a viewer will see it equally they could just make it really professional they would be able to fix all the horrible audio that i've provided them and add in lovely sound effects and fade things out like at the moment i used to be able to do it i could fade in and out i don't know so sometimes you'll just hear a big hard cut but i want to be better at editing it obviously i wanted to feel like there was a journey with the lessons you could hear certain things happening as i did them we are on a journey together through podcasting we start out in the wilderness barely able to light a fire and by the end of it we will be an all-encompassing podcast empire i think that's what's going to happen i'm pretty sure i'll probably sell it to spotify at some point for a hundred million anything less i will see is a a failure i've run into a little snag it seems to be the recordings i'm making it's now adding to the previous podcast episode three I do not want this to happen and I don't know why it's happening so that's incredibly irritating. I thought when you recorded it would just record and then it would be saved separately but Anchor is adding them to old episodes. I am finding this irritating but this is a a learning process. Let's all learn together. And this bit will be added to it too until I have to take it out and put it in separately. Oh my god. This time with Udemdades, the podcast masterclass, the complete guide to podcasting. The lesson is, why do people listen to podcasts? One reason for listening to podcasts is to get smarter. I know I listen to something like Gossip Mongers, so I can have a better understanding and knowledge of the world and all its gossip. Because once you know enough, they start to overlap and then you realize you're coming to the end of gossip so you can have a full 
awareness of the world at a higher level. Basically, people listen to podcasts to learn. People want to be mentally stimulated. That might be a problem for my podcast. People are not mentally stimulated. This will... It might be like a sleep podcast, but a sleep podcast that irritates you too much. You can be taught something new by listening to this podcast and hearing me badly rip off you today and tell you what they've just told me. So you could learn that way. When you listen to somebody talking, it's a more personal connection. Because I know a lot of people want a personal connection with me, but there's only enough hours in the day. I could only meet maybe 200, 300 people a day. So this way I can expand it to essentially billions. Billions of people will listen to this and hear the podcast and feel like they're one-on-one with me. But they're not. But you're not. But you're not. Apparently, if you have a very monotone voice, this could actually put people off the podcast. They may not have a personal connection with the podcast host and it will make them want to turn the podcast off or even just listen to a different podcast. Essentially a monotone voice can just put them off the concept of your podcast all together. So ladies and gentlemen, it's very important that I have an exciting and dramatic and interesting tone throughout. Otherwise you'll turn off. He says another thing is to hack their learning. I guess they are hacking the learning by not paying for the course and listening to me. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Although this is a very um, convoluted way of learning the course. Because this podcast, for instance, will be over half an hour. But this lesson is only 2 minutes and 27 seconds. So, learning, but not in a rush. Not in a rush. So, I'll now go on to the next lesson, which is um, podcast art basics. So, you may see the um, cover art change. Not that you've seen it before. Probably. The first tip on podcast art is make it about your podcast. So if it's a podcast about fishing, maybe having a fish or a fishing rod. Basically keep it on brand. Something a lot of people do is stick microphones on because they're like, oh, it's a podcast. But it's sort of just so generic you don't notice it. Something I've said before, but basically just keep it simple. Just have the title. No keywords, no subtitles, nothing fancy. Title, picture of picture relative to the podcast, and probably your face. Keep the font simple, big bold, big bold text is ideal. Sling shadows at Blind Boy. His uses like a, a sort of joined up writing, which can be hard to make out at a distance. So just keep it simple, keep it big. Times New Roman, bold. Bosch, there you go. Because it's more important that it's clearly read than it looks fancy. Because if you realize it's a little tiny, a lot of people might see it just as a tiny thumbnail. So you have to make it legible when it's incredibly small. 
he's pointed out something I hadn't considered, which is pick a color that makes you stand out. So find your niche. I've put this in hobbies. I don't know if that's the right idea, but I've popped this in hobbies. So what I will do now is look through hobbies and see what are the most common colors and then choose a background that's different to that. Also, he's going to go through iTunes and pick ones that he doesn't like the look of, or bad ones, good ones. So I might do the same, but the podcast will be more recent. So you can play along at home. He's saying not to use a white. I think it's because it might... um, A lot of computer backgrounds or phone backgrounds might be white or websites. So you'll just blend into that. So a bold color, good red, a good blue, a good green, something like that. And also he's reiterating, don't use generic clips. So no headphones, no um, microphones, because it will, it'll get lost. Even though this is a podcast about podcasts, I don't know what I'll do there. I'm probably just going to stick my face on it and see how that goes. Although it looks obnoxious because it's not like anyone, (laughs) nobody knows what I look like. No one's going to go, oh, there's Oge O'Reilly. I better, you know, watch that. But I think it's probably the best, um, the best I can currently do. But I might stick my face with a microphone, but not a clip-arty microphone. I know the ones he means if you... I find a lot of open source Linux ones tend to just have like generic microphone, clip art, number seven. So I will try to avoid that. The size maximum 3000 by 3000 and minimum 1400 by 1400. Because obviously sometimes it'll people have better resolutions than made a 4K, 8K monitor. So you want it to look good even when it's blowing up. And also a square is the generic size for podcasts, and it will make it fit. I think it's easier to crop a square if something used a rectangle, say, than vice versa. I could outsource it, say, something like Fiverr, and ask a graphic artist to do it for me. But since I'm not making any money, I will do it for free myself. I currently have used... There's a default image wizard in Anchor, so I just used it. I don't know whether to keep its background, but maybe if I, because I'm probably going to use it in the GIMP, legally am I allowed to do that? Take it and modify it and pop it back in, or those um, public domain backgrounds. So it's like a sort of pinky, blue, swirly paint thing. So I might do that. So he's saying Photoshop is the obvious one, but you have to pay for that. So I'll be using the open source version the the open source version GIMP. Apparently if you don't want to go down the freelance route like Upwork or Fiverr there's a company called 99designs he's recommending that do very good work. I'm sure that's something I might do very far down the road because the idea of me making any money of this is very unlikely so I feel like any money I make will go straight into the podcast to begin with. I don't want to buy stuff unnecessary because you can go to the moon with buying stuff. I'm sure I could spend a grand easy on a on cover art. I could spend thousands on a computer and and an, a buoy for the microphone and the microphone itself, paying for advertising. Like I could go to the moon with paying for a podcast, but I'm just gonna 
basically keep it all free until I make any money. And if what money is made will go to the podcast. Not eventually. Obviously, I'd like to make some sort of living, but you know what I mean? I'm not going to go silly until I'm making money. The way 99designs works, it's, well, I guess that's the, the clues in the name. Basically, people like bid to get your contract. So it means they have to work. Maybe they just send in a, a rough, but it just seems like you have to do work and then the person, the podcast or whatever, might not pick you. So you're constantly working and not getting paid for it. So it sounds a bit mean, but it does mean you get, let's just, let's just assume you always get 99. You do get 99 to pick from, which is nice. You could talk to, you know, I could put, I could say, look, this is what they did. Everyone could vote on it every, all 99 could have a vote and my listenership would go out of their way to pick the ugliest one just to just for the memes so in the video he's now looking at examples so instead of going for old ones i will do examples myself i'm just going to look through podcasts that i've subscribed to so one i'll try to do one bad one good so one bad i'm going to say is two good boys this is a scottish gaming podcast it's okay once you get in there they have little children's faces but it's kind of muddy and I don't think it's their faces so if I've seen them in a podcast I don't suddenly go oh there's his face secondly the font and text kind of blurs together so when I look at it when it's a little tiny thumbnail it just looks like a, a red rectangle and two faces but two ind indistinct faces as I say this I'm just saying if I can't make it out when it's tiny, I'm giving it giving it badness. Now obviously answer me this is screaming out at me or something. Because you can just see this. Obviously this is very extreme. This is very small. This is smaller than you'd see thumbnails in most cases. Like for instance, 50 things that made the modern economy is hard to make out. But once I zoom in, unlike the other one that still raised questions to two good boys it's shown me lots of things relevant to the podcast there's a little bit of wheat there's a recycling symbol there's a sewing machine and it just has the text big and clear no faces but it might be a different presenter so that's one each cold ones hmm i'd give it a a, a a c out of 10 cold ones for instance it's just a big mug it's like a neon inspired uh, mug of beer with a wee circle background Ideally what I'd like is their faces and just it saying cold ones. Because it's weird, they do have a neon sign that says cold ones on the podcast. Because they could have just taken a photo of it nearly, or had something similar to it. So cold ones could be better, but it does stand out, because if you've seen the logo before, because it's the picture fills the whole thing, it works well. Do the right thing, I'd say, is a great nothing wrong here. Their faces, three of them, it looks like it was one, um, it wasn't just three photos put together. It was one sh uh, one professional shot with all three of them in it, and it has the text up large. Good, big, solid, that's a good one there, do the right thing. It's hard to go wrong with that. Documentaries on RTE, that's a thumbs down. <coughs> what they've done wrong is, first of all, it just says documentaries on one. Now that means nothing to anybody. Uh, RT is it's Ireland's official broadcaster, but it just says one, so that's meaningless. 
and their logo is the thumbnail has headphones with a big earth on them so headphones steer clear from it's just it, it's just meaningless you just look at it and you go that's bad a great one top tick for this one is fake doctors real friends for me it has the two people in it zach and donald from scrubs it just has their faces and it has the text saying fake doctors real friends obviously i'd assume they would like to say um scrubs in it or something but for probably legal reasons they can't but the name of the podcast is fake doctors so straight away it has the name of the podcast up really big and then their names in a smaller text i can't read it when it's teeny teeny weeny vision but i can read fake doctors real friends and i can see their faces so i know oh it's a podcast by those two and then when it's only when it goes from tiny to small i can then read the name of the the two gentlemen another thumbs up feel better live more has his face and the name of the podcast and then on it's still big but not massive text dr rajiv so another good one one probably this will be controversial the freakonomics podcast text could be bigger and i do like a face but it does have the wee freakonomics logo gossip mongers they've gone for an animated style but it's good it has their faces and then on smaller text their names above them and the name of the podcast gossip mongers only criticism i was going to criticize they've gone for like a handwritten font but when i look at a teeny weeny vision on the smallest thumbnail i can read gossip monger so fair enough where it fails on the faces but it has such a unique podcast cast covers is the last podcast on the left they have a great sort of 1950s b-movie cover theme going on it shows all their faces and a big skull and the font although he said not to go for you know fancy fonts it's like a sort of you know that font where it looks like it's bleeding for the whole ethos of the style of the podcast i think this cover art is very good and it does stand out Although it has a black background, but you know, that suits a podcast about ghosts and ghouls and that sort of thing. Watching the expert, he's similar to mine. Basically, keep it bold, keep the text big, have your face, and the best way to stand out is really your background. One was a yellow one, and he goes, it stands out because it's the only yellow one. Here's one that does a lot right, but no faces. No such thing as a fish. I can clearly read most of the letters no thing fish no bother when in tiny tiny text the off menu podcast good and bad they have a big they have the text big but it has it's only outlined in orange the text inside's white and the background's white so it kind of blurs away but it does make up for it by using their faces they have their faces both the hosts ed gamble and james a caster trying to think any particularly bad ones one i think could be better is regular features they have a lot of colors going on if you look at it it feels like they should get it right but when it's tiny it's hard to make out regular features it kind of blends into the background it's quite a busy colorful background and all their faces multicolored thing so they have purple skin in one green skin teal skin yellow skin I just think if they had a more just normal photographs and nice big clear text would be better. Yeah, that's an example where the colors 
The colour scheme's so off the rails, I can't quite make it out. Sly Guy podcast is good, just a picture of him. I would like his face bigger. It shows from his waist up, but they've made it only take up about a third of the tile. Let me see. Swipe left, swipe left. It's okay. It was I couldn't read it from tiny vision, but from small vision I can read it. Uh, distinctive, good art style, and it has their faces. But I would just zoom in, make their faces bigger, make the text bigger, but that's me. Table manners, I can read the word table manners and I can see the two people. Can't quite make out their face, but on small I can. I'm being pedantic with tiny mode. One I've always wanted to say is brilliant, that sort of breaks all the rules. And it is the wonderful Helen Zaltzman. She's done it again with her Illusionist podcast. She uses a board game. I think it's a game where you have to make you have to make letters, I forget how it works. But she just uses that for her cover art. And the interesting thing is, each episode, it's about words, so each episode's about a different word. So she just uses these wee, they're like wee cubes with letters on them. But they have a very distinctive style, so although it's a word, I'm someone that's more of a picture person. I remember faces, not names. This still gets ingrained in my mind because it's... There's more going on than just letters. It's a distinctive style, but also because she's using letters, she's able to have unique unique art for each episode. So she just rearranges the letters. Here's one to err is human, E-R-R, and it's just all orange blank where the wee cubes would go, except for the words E-R-R. So if someone's interested in E-R-R, they're going to be happy. It maybe doesn't say what the podcast is. I think Helen isn't someone that likes her face bandied about too much, so it's one that breaks the rules and makes new ones. Blind Boy I've talked about before. It's a good B, but I I basically zoom in more, zoom in more. I like his face. His face is good. He's got a he um if you don't know he wears a bag on his face. So he has a very distinctive look. On the small I can see everything perfect, but on the tiny, it's hard to make out. It's like a, a handwritten font. The bugle I've just talked about, not the best. It could be better. On small, it's good. I can read it, no bother. Nice, clear letters. He has a caricature of himself. So it's somebody with like, as I say, hair around the sides and bald at the top. I would like a photo of him. I think because he has like his head inside a, a globe, it gets a wee bit muddy. As I say, just make it bigger, clearer. The Bunker, mm. the Bunker podcast, it shows like a tin because it's all we're in the bunker. It was supposed to be a Brexit bunker, but obviously now it's a COVID-19 bunker. It's a dull image art, I'm going to be honest. It's just a can. It's like, um, you know, in that art style, it's like made up of wee analog circles, like a photocopy from maybe, you know, the 60s or something, and it's just a tin. I know it's keeping with the bunker theme, but the bunker text is clear, so they get points for that, but I I just like a face. And also, it's not about, when you look at that tin, you would think, oh, it's a survivalist podcast, this is all about setting up tents and what food to store, but it's not, it's a political one. So I think I'd give that one a C. You can read it, which is always good. Here's a classic. This has done everything right. The David McWilliams podcast. It has the text clear and it has his face clear. 
He doesn't quite look like how he looks in the image. He looks close enough to the image. The Europeans, their faces, it's sometimes with art styles, I think they look similar to the person, but not quite. Like I couldn't recognize this person on the street based on these two images, but it does say the Europeans and it is distinctive. It's got like a rainbow background. Fully charged podcast. It's good, but what am I going to say? Face bigger. Bigger face, bigger face. We're going to see my clip art. It's just going to be like a tattoo of the podcast on my face so I can get that double whammy. Fully charged is up big, good text. It's a solid background, but his face gets a bit muddy on tiny mode. But on big, it's very legible. Infinite monkey cage, tick. Text could be bigger, but their faces are clear. The Irish passport. Mm, they've gone for a rectangle shape in a square. <clears throat> they've gone for, you know, when you get a passport printed and it comes out and we like, a, it's like a four. They have three of them. So it's tall and it has black either side. What I'd say is um, go away from that motif. Just go for big text, big face. Big text, big face keeps me happy. Here's <laughs> the Mark McCuddy podcast. It's just his face. Simply, he's, you can see his chest, stick text on there, nice and big. We're going to be happy. Um, the Sub Genius is a mad podcast. I would highly recommend not to listen to it. It's just sheer madness. And the, the cover art is, it's got the Sub Genius, which is their kind of logo, I guess. And everything else is just all scribbly nonsense, but... It's very on brand. That's one thing you might say. It might be harder to see, but it's on brand. The UK in a changing Europe. Um, fine. It's got a, a, a UK flag and a, a European Union thing underneath it. And the text is fine. I would like a wee face just to give it up. Here's a podcast I love, but the, the cover could do with a bit of work. Um, Vent and Quarantinos from Jim and Burns and Dave. It's just, it's got like a shadow gradient, which the text kind of fades into it. It has wee shadows of what the podcast is about. And in teeny weeny tiny text, it says who's in it. I would like their faces to make it more legible. I can't make that out. Here's one that's going to get top marks because it's perfect. I can read it, no bother. And it has the person's face and the company's logo is legible. It is ways to change the world with... Christian Guru Murthy. It's just big text. It's the Channel 4 font I think they use. It shows the Channel 4 logo on the top left hand side. It has his face and it has clear text with a purple background. That one, as I say, I'm judging these on tiny mode. And that one is legible. We have ways of making you talk. The text could be slightly better. It's got that sort of typewriter font. Because it's big text on small, it's perfect. It has the two people's faces. They're very legible. Because it's a World War II podcast, they're trying to go for you're being interrogated. But I think they could have a something, something a bit more worry. <laughs> um, I guess if you're going to be boring, at least be legible. Zero Books just has their logo, but it's in big text, so I can see it. So that's a C. That's your. You're doing nothing wrong because you're not doing much. Here's probably the worst. This is a top, the worst marks because there's one here, um, Rory Woods. He just has his face. I would love just to put the text, the Rory Woods podcast, 
top marks because it's just a big photograph of his face. That one's good, but here's probably the worst is Trash Future. This podcast, I think, um, does a lot wrong. It's a very fashionable logo. I could see it being on the like a logo for a you know trendy magazine, but it's like Trash Future like is an error. I know that's part of its own brand, but it's just like smeared over itself. In text in small mode, so I've zoomed in a bit. It's still hard to make out. Okay, text future, and then it's all... And it's just a triangle with two colours and glitchy trash future over it. Not great. Not great. One that just ticks all the boxes. This paranormal life. I can read the words this paranormal life in tiny mode. And all the little pictures on it are relevant because it's like wee Bigfoots and aliens. Basically, big face, big picture, big thing relevant to the podcast, big clear text. Don't be artist. Don't, you know, if the choice is form over function, go for function. You can be as artistic as you want in the podcast, but just try and um, try and make it simple. Here's your face. Here's what it's about. And here it's out. Here's the name. Just I'm a quite a visual person and I, have a, I could talk about covers all day. I have an idea for a podcast cover. I think it's unique, but it may be disgusting. But it's going to do the two things I love. A big owl face and big owl text. That will... In case you don't know what owl means, it means old. So if you hear me saying owl, just think old. So I'm going to go... It's going to be controversial. People will see this and think, oh my god. I think it's funny. Let's see how it goes. So... Those were the two lessons. Why do people listen to podcasts? To learn was the gist. And it's a way of learning, reiterating on other lessons. It's a way of learning out and about. It's concise information, but this podcast didn't list, didn't know that. And then cover art. One, the biggest tip was uh, get a different colored background than other people in your genre. So if there's lots of people with pink and blue, then maybe a green will make you stand out. It seemed to be the best way of keeping it simple, but standing out. Because if you go for cutesy, like a uh, cursive fonts, they just fade away. Keep it simple, keep it big, and all important background to stand out. Sorry if I rambled on too much, but here we go. And I'd just like to give a shout out to all of my audience which is caroline so thank you for listening my (laughs) my entire audience caroline